It's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to meet the Muppets on the Muppet Show tonight. Nah, nah, nah. How would you cast the Muppets in Riverdale? <laughs> how would I put Muppets into Riverdale? Yes, or how yes. would I make Riverdale people be Muppets? The oh. Muppets Archie Comics instead okay. of the Muppets Treasure Island. Okay. Well. Yeah, I went with Treasure Island. Come at me. So we're still talking about Tim Curry. It's following from last episode. <laughs> Kermit. Kermit would be Jughead. Kermit would be Jughead. Yeah. yeah. I thought Kermit Archie just no. seems so natural, so no. obvious. But Kermit is kind of a little sassy motherfucker. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. So he would be Jughead, also the narrator. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would have had... And he would come out and do, like, commentary. I would have had Fozzie be Jughead. He's already got a little hat. Mm-hmm. Okay, another option could be Gonzo. Mmm! That's, that's the way we And Rizzo <laughs> would be Hot Dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be very, like, Muppet Christmas Carol. <laughs> No, no, you're right. Uh, Gonzo Jughead is is the way to go. Yeah. 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 So then I guess Kermit's Archie. So, yeah. Um, is Miss Piggy Veronica? The, there is. Miss Piggy's Alice. <laughs> Miss Piggy's Alice. You might be on to something. Uh, you know, I think you're, th- you're thinking much more in line of Riverdale, which is the question I asked. But when I'm doing it in my mind, yeah. I'm answering a different question, Muppet Archie Comics. Oh. And in that version, uh, there's like a, a running subplot where because Miss Piggy doesn't know who the main girl is, she's playing both. She's doing oh. a dual role of Betty and Veronica. Yes. I love that. <laughs> you did specifically ask me I did. Dale, I did. But I do love that mm-hmm. because... She would totally do that. Like, I will do whatever I can do for Kermie to love me. Yes. And if it's being two women, I will do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Scooter is Kevin. Scooter's, Scooter's a good Kevin. Scooter's good Kevin. Yeah. Reggie is crazy Harry. <laughs> or Animal. Someone very violent. And <laughs> I want a very violent Reggie. I want Animal to be like... Sweet pea or fangs. <laughs> like, I want the sweet pea fangs dynamic we haven't had, and I yeah. want that to be like animal and someone. I will say we have had the sweet pea uh, fangs dynamic. It's just been Archie and Reggie the I last know, few weeks. But I, want fangs I know, too, I know. Because those boys. But it, it really struck me uh, as soon as the mics cut last week, that's exactly what they've been giving us, yeah. just with different actors. Yeah. 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 Is. Evelyn Janice because Janet's the most likely to have a cult. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. As we know, she canonically has a cult. Yeah, now. yeah. The For Shirleyans. Uh Sam the Eagle is definitely this season Frank. <laughs> I was gonna say America. Professor Werther's. 
That also works. <laughs> they they roll Featherhead and Werther's into one character and it's Sam the Eagle. Yeah, okay, okay. I was just thinking because of how, like, Frank is so, like... He is, he is. America right now. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that makes more sense. Is Dr. Teeth Dr. Curdle? Yes! Yes. Junior, excuse me. Dr. Curdle Junior. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, we found out that Dr. Teeth is Dr. Teeth Jr. Look, The Muppets Mayhem is a really good <laughs> it's show. It's really good! You should it's go really watch good. it! It it's... succeeds in the way that every Muppet project should, which is giving all the best and worst jokes to the puppets. And it's so freaking funny. <laughs> also, there's Baby Animal. There's a little baby animal in it. He's, he's like a cute. He's like a fucking triple with eyes. He's I, he's basically the little critter from from uh, Dark Crystal. Yeah, but bright red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I like when where where were we at Disney? When there was a thing about how, like, the Muppets don't have dead parents. And I was it like... It was in the Frozen sing-along. Uh, oh, yeah, because uh, they kept doing the Muppet... That's how it started. Show, yeah. Like, the, the dude was one of the Arendelle Royal Historians was shocked to learn that uh, the, the princess's parents died. And he started listing off more and more Disney movies where the parents died. Yes. Including Muppets Mayhem. Muppets Mayhem. And you're like, nah-uh. And I'm like, nah The parrots are totally dead. Because when I'm watching a Muppet property, I'm focused on the fucking Muppets. And not the people. <laughs> yes, the, the human sisters do have dead parents. I don't care. They're not made of felt. <laughs> My advice to anyone going to Disney, mm-hmm. specifically Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. don't skip out on the Frozen sing-along because... Hidden gem. The Arendelle historians are allowed to improvise a whole lot of shit, and it's really funny. They run with it. They, they have a lot of fun. It just kept going and going. We got a trained dog bit. <laughs> the guy who played Kristoff flubbed an obvious setup. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so the thing he said instead just became an incredible (laughs) earth water. (laughs) Just this real long runner. Yes, but the Muppet thing. Oh, my God. The Muppet thing. The Muppet thing just kept coming back. It was so good. And it never will again. They'll find a different uh, uh, thing to, to come up with for those bits. Every further show of the day, and that was weeks ago. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It also makes a six-year-old lose their mind because yep. it snows inside. Yep. Do not Holy do crap. not catch that snow on your tongue. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Your tongue immediately went out. I'm like, no. That's that's so bubbles, kiddo. <laughs> so good. Anyway, so this episode. <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about. We're talking about chapter twenty. We're talking about chapter 129, After the Fall, written by Gigi Swift, directed by Julia Betancourt. Court? Like the basketball court? Oh my, it's almost like it's a sign. Gigi Swift? And they have to be swift on that basketball court. A fast break, Gigi Swift? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the matter, darling? Do you feel like an Arendelle Royal story? (laughs) I want that job so bad. (laughs) I want it, I think, more than I want to be a Jungle Cruise driver. <laughs> well, I want to be Sweetums in the Muppets 3D. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> 
And if you couldn't be Sweetums, do you want to work in the Haunted Mansion? I would definitely do a creepy voice all day, every day in the Haunted Mansion. Or, would you or wanna... Tower of Terror, either way. Or would you want to be Peter Pan's flight where they'd go, and it, like, does the magic. I mean, that's fun, but really love the Haunted Mansion. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Tower of Terror, though, where they're, like, really in character and they're very nice. I want to bring that energy to the Haunted Mansion. Oh, okay. I want to... Mm. I would love fucking with people as the doors close. <laughs> we had that one guy that really was great, yeah. where he just, like, slammed his hands on and did, and like, spear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was his birthday. Happy birthday, guy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we went to Disney. Yes, <laughs> you <laughs> Didn't catch on. We're still catching up. I thought we were catching up. That's 10 minutes of raw audio before we get to the first line of chapter 129 after the fall, written by Gigi Swift, directed by Julia Betancourt. Betancourt? Like a basketball court? Fast break. Hope you guys are ready for this episode. We're recording this earlier in the night, so we're not as rushed to go to bed. So this this episode starts with uh, Archie's alarm going off. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, and Jughead tells us that this is the story of two teenage boys living under the same roof. Which is a weird thing to set as your, your alarm clock. <laughs> that narration, that's... <laughs> it wouldn't wake me up, I know that. <laughs> this is the story! <laughs> of a man Snooze. named Brady! Wait a minute. Snooze! <laughs> Snooze. It just keeps going, though. Like, if you sleep through it, it's just like you're like three pages in by the time you wake up. <laughs> um, so we're told that it, it's, you know, on a normal morning, they, they wake up, they go for a run through town. Reggie's warming up for basketball. Archie's warming up for, for poetry. Poetry. I get this jog in for poetry. You know, every time I go for a jog, I'm really like, man, I want to write some poetry now. No, no, this is a recognized technique among writers of all stripes. Is it? Is to go out and take a walk. There are so many, so many times where, like, I would do a, a Six Feet Under session, I would do a Mouse Guard session, and while uh, I'm walking, while I'm giving Moki her, like, bedtime walk immediately after, that is when... I'm writing out the, like, cold open for that episode. It happened almost every time. (laughs) Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I I don't... That doesn't happen to me on runs. Usually I'm just thinking about what I'm going to eat. I'm just, like, in notes app while she's going around... This is at the old place, so she's going around the the park behind our old building. I'm like, am I going to get the cheddar scone or the raspberry scone? (laughs) Can I make bacon today? Like, this is what I think about while running, is what, mm-hmm. probably because I haven't eaten. Yeah, I mean, that makes hours. sense. So, uh... But this isn't just any ordinary day. This is November 1st, the day after Halloween. Yeah. A very eventful Halloween. Uh, where, if you remember, there was a car crash over a bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the bulldogs are okay. So don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> but Julian, he what? might be dying. Which is also fine. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck this guy. He sucks so bad. Uh, and so uh, we're at the hospital. Uh, the bulldogs are all very wet. <laughs> all of them there with... Uh, so it's like really recent. <laughs> Reggie and Archie and Frank and Clifford is telling Frank that it's all Reggie's fault. And Frank's like, well, wasn't Julian the one driving? 
And what we already know before this point from the narration is that Reggie pulled all of the others out of the car. He plucked them from the bottom of the river and dragged them onto dry land one by one. Reggie's a fucking hero. But Clifford is like, no, he's been a punk, a thug. I want him off the base or basketball team. He's not even allowed to look (laughs) at a baseball team. No other sports for this boy. Seasons are changing and he's going to stay where he's at. Meanwhile, over at uh, Brad Rayberry's place, uh, Mm -hmm. Sheriff Keller's there and Ethel's like, I told you so, basically. I I told you this is the guy I saw and then he tried to kill me and I wrestled the knife out of his hand. And And Sheriff Keller continues to refuse to investigate anything ever. He's just like, yeah, sounds good to me. He snaps his notebook closed. All of our questions have been answered. And Jughead's like, I have more questions. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And the sheriff's like, yeah, I guess we might be able to figure that out if you want. What do you want from me? I'm just the fucking sheriff. And Ethel's like, um... Should should I go make a statement? No, that's no. not necessary. It, he's dead now. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and so, like, really what's important is let's get Ethel back to the sisters. And Jughead's like, no! no! They abused her. They're abusive. Do not do this. And so, Eth- and so Jughead uses his authority? To be like, no, she's... <laughs> with me what? and he's like no she needs to stay with an adult and so he calls mary yeah because everyone everyone is gonna live under that lady's roof she's collecting teenagers yes she's assembling a team uh so uh jughead and ethel are are now in her living room also with uh alice and betty because Because Mary apparently is not assembling a team. (laughs) She is passing Ethel off to Alice again. And they're like, wait a minute. Last time Alice took me in, I got sent to the abusive nuns. I don't like this idea. And she's like, oh, that was Hal's fault. Don't worry about it. Because apparently (laughs) Hal's just disappeared. Where is he? He's not in this episode. He's not in this episode. (laughs) What? He's manually turning a crank to keep the power on at the TV station. He's in a giant hamster wheel. They haven't paid their bill. Uh, so back at the uh, Andrews household, Archie and uh, Reggie are are laying in bed, not asleep. Yeah, while all their friends are downstairs, like doing a prisoner exchange with Ethel. Yes. Uh, but they don't care because none of them are friends with Jughead or Ethel. <laughs> So, uh, Archie's like, man, if you hadn't been there, all of them would have drowned. You're a hero. And Reggie's like, no, I'm not a hero. Because I realized when I was the only one that made it out, if I didn't save their asses, racism, I would have been in jail. It would have been my fault. So I had to save their asses. The quote is, I knew that if any of those guys died, especially Blossom, that I'd be blamed for it. And he'd get, like... Uh, the book thrown at him, a fate worse than death would await him if, if he didn't, like, do CPR on five guys simultaneously. He has so many mouths. He is so talented. <laughs> so talented. And that is the end of the first segment. We get our, our regular title card back from Halloween times. Yes. And now the sun is, has risen. It is a brand new day. And Alice 
is being a good mom at Ethel just as a way to passively aggressively attack Betty. Yes. This fucking sucks. Alice Cooper, you monster. Because she's feeding Ethel breakfast mm-hmm. when Alice... Betty's like, hey, Ethel, you want to walk to school? Alice is like, no, 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 I'm going to drive her to school. You go ahead. Mm -hmm. Not giving you a ride. How many seats your car got, Alice? Huh? Huh? All right, cool. Uh, So when Betty gets to school, she fills Veronica in Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, tells her that her mom is such a phony baloney. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And she has half a mind to run away. And Veronica's like, well, you know, I'd say you could stay with me, but like... I'm living at the Babylonian right now because my parents suck. And Betty's like, wow, parents suck. Have you ever thought of breaking in? I know how to do that. (laughs) Did you know I know how to do that? We could break in. So it is now class time. They're in English class uh, with with Mrs. Thornton once again. And Mrs. Thornton's like, hey, kids, I'm going to read a deeply personal poem one of you gave me uh, without asking any sort of permission. This is normal. This is fine. And uh, Archie immediately becomes very uncomfortable. <laughs> He's pulling a lot of uh, Lily Reinhardt faces in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially after she announces the title, Phantom, and he knows what is about to come. The poem reads, quote, They tell me I'm solid. They pat me on the back. They see a son, a student, a team player. They see a boy like any other. But I look in the mirror and there's no one there. Just smoke and mirrors. And I do not know how to be solid. And she uh, is like, any thoughts on this class? And Archie's just like, oh, oh no, 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 no I've, thoughts. I've never no had a thought thoughts. in my life. Uh, and everyone turns around and is like, damn, Clay, you did it again. That was so beautiful, <laughs> Clay. And he's like, yeah, it was, but I don't write it. And that's when Mrs. Thornton's like, hey... That's Archie Andrews' incredibly personal reflection that he's trying to melt into the floor to avoid. Everyone, round of applause. Let's all point at him. Let me also say, Archie, man, I wish you'd speak up more in class in front of your peers because there's nothing more humiliating than like having something like that said. Archie Andrews just learned that poems don't have to rhyme two months ago. <laughs> he learned this in two separate episodes because it didn't <laughs> stick the yeah, first time. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the epic highs and lows of high school poetry. <laughs> it's it's time for basketball practice. Yeah. And Frank's like, hey, we're gonna name a new captain because uh Julian's kind of dying. He's pretty much in a coma, and by pretty much I mean he actually 100 percent is comatose right now. So he can't really uh discharge his duties. So hey, it's gonna be Archie! And Archie looks at Reggie like, what the fuck? should not be me. Well, Archie does not recognize that the rules say the captain has to suck at basketball. Yeah. That's apparently a rule. Apparently required. Um, And then Frank makes them pray. Prayer in school is back, baby! Why is it required in sports prayer to kneel? Why is that a thing? Uh, Because they love to disrespect the troops. Why is there kneeling? Why is there a certain stance for sports prayer? Maybe they're very Catholic. They don't kneel that way. <laughs> they do both knees, not one knee. Well, they, they haven't installed the little kneely thing in the locker room. Then just stand. You're asking me a question that I don't know the answer to, and I'm running out of fake answers to give you. <laughs> You're supposed to 
know. You know things about religion. You know You're what? supposed to be my encyclopedia about it. You know what I don't know things about? High school athletics. <laughs> you know, like, random facts about shit all the time. <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, uh, <laughs> over in the principal's office, he's like, we're so happy you're back. And not a murderer, mostly. And uh, Dr. Uh, what's his name? Werther's. Werther's is all like, I'm so glad you proved your sanity. <laughs> you know, Ethel, when you killed that drifter, it really proved to me that you're sane. <laughs> There's a whole lot to unpack there, but drifter? <laughs> let's, let's pause on the drifter part. How do you know? They're like, well, that's what the sheriff said. And, and uh, these two guys are so, so happy. It, it recalls the meeting they had with uh, Mayor Blossom yes. forever ago uh, uh, about like, oh, well, we just got to get people to take their mind off of this. I don't know if this is supposed to be the final payoff or a reminder of a still active subplot. I don't quite know where we're at on that, <laughs> but it does recall it. Yes. And Dr. Werther's continues on that uh, obviously this killer was inspired by those awful pep comics and went on a bloodlust. So, mm -hmm. like, comics are evil. But our, but our teen heroes are a little, are, are rewinding, like, wait a minute, don't drifters just, like, murder someone, then leave town? They, they, they drift? Dr they drift? They drift? I love the way... To, like, Tokyo? <laughs> I love the way that Jughead just says... Drift. Drift. <laughs> it's so good. Do you really think that a drifter would do that? Yes. Don't drifters usually move on? Drift. Drift. What do you mean, drift? It's his best moment in this episode. Uh, Shannon Purser is laying it down, though. She's great this week. <laughs> Ethel is great this week. Because it's nice to have her back. Yes. And they're like, no, 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 we told you what happened. The real danger are comics to society. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, And also eh. the drifters that read them. Eh, yeah, yeah. So, like, shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut up, children. Uh, meanwhile, Archie goes to Frank, and he's like, hey, I'm honored, but, like, what the fuck? Shouldn't it be Reggie? I suck at this. What Frank doesn't say, but he could have is that the captaincy is not about putting up big numbers. The captaincy is about being a leader on the court, which is something that Archie has been many times yeah. throughout the basketball yeah. storyline. He's, he's brought people together. He's brought in Reggie. He's form, helped them form bonds, blah, Reggie, blah, blah. Reggie, much less so. He's here to put his head down, put up points, and, and just get along as get along goes. Yeah. Frank does not say that. Instead, Frank says... I love your daddy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you sucked. Uh, but it's not my call. Clifford uh, is in charge of this. And just leave it alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but also, also, here's a gift. And he gives Archie uh, Fred's Captain Patch. Yes, yes, to sew on that jacket. And one of Frank's lines here is that the Bulldogs are the mayor's pride and joy. So again, I must remind everyone that this team did not exist for years, nope. and they sucked ass for half the season. Yes. Yeah, all right. Pride and joy. Pride and joy. Is okay, okay. Is there like a, a gambling scheme or something connected <laughs> to high school basketball going on all of a sudden? There must be. <laughs> 
so, so meanwhile, uh, Alice is having a drink on her sofa and Betty comes down with her suitcase and is like, hey, I'm leaving. And Gonna go live with Veronica alone. And Alice has nothing to say about this. It's fine. She has a new daughter. A better daughter. A daughter who doesn't read filthy books. Oh, wait, that was her filthy book. Never mind. Uh, so Betty breaks uh, her and Veronica into the Pembroke. And uh, Veronica's like, how did you learn to do that? I love this scene because the first thing they do after talking about their shared love of the Tracy True detective uh, uh, stories is, uh, A, we can be loud as we want. B, I invited boys. C, they're gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just normal gal pal stuff. Like, we can make all the noise we want. And there's no boys to smooch, but there will be boys to just, like, be social lubricant. Yeah. You know, besties. Uh. Uh, yeah, and Betty, when, you know, she found out there were boys coming, she immediately thought it was, like, Reggie and Archie and Veronica's like, no. no, I wanted to have fun. <laughs> so I invited my employees. They'll do what's good for them. <laughs> so Cheryl uh, goes storming into uh, her father and is like... What the fuck? Basketball season is continuing? This is a joke, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, Julian is, like, in a coma. On death's door. Uh, and he's like, yeah, it's continuing. <laughs> a winning team can unite a town, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you will give me that. They will give me that. Right. It, it's, uh, it's his pride and joy, after all. He has a lot riding on this, so much so. That when Cheryl says, well, okay, you can play your games, but I won't be a, a, a cheerleader anymore. He threatens to kill her. Yes. He gets really scary. She's like, but but in Julian's state, etc., etc. And the thing he says is, well, you'll be in worse shape than that. Which means dead. He threatens to kill her. Yes, he does. So over at the Pembroke... uh. It is time for a musical number? Yes! So, so when they announced that, like, season seven was entirely going to be in 1955, right? I immediately, of course, thought about the, the musical episode. And one of the ones I really hoped they did was South Pacific. And what do they give me? The four of them doing, I'm going to wash that man right out of my hair with coordinated outfits, with choreography. There's a Bubbles? bubble machine. <laughs> we just have a little little sleepover uh, number. They've spent all evening rehearsing this. They've had a great time. I got time. my wish. This episode, it, it delivered. It yeah. delivered. So after their little uh, musical funsy time... <laughs> Uh, they decide to uh, sit on some blankets on the floor in front of the fireplace, enjoying uh -huh. some rum. Quote, this rum is so yummy. <laughs> in, a, in a later scene, they will remind us they're 16. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Betty says, Kevin, this is so much more of a kick than when we were dating. And, and he agrees. Well, Yeah. It was rough watching them be together in a way they could not be together. It is so nice that they can be best buddies now. This is wonderful. Good for them. They figured it out. They did it. Uh, and so he's like, oh, well, we've been so busy. How was your date with Archie? Your Halloween date? And she says it's fine and she's noncommittal and she kind of trails off as if, like, something came up between them when that's not the case. 
what came up was a murder stalker out the window. Who was a milkman. And, yes! And I'm... Because she doesn't say anything about it. And no. I'm very confused because I'm like, Ethel's at your house? I'm pretty sure she told you about what happened. Right? So don't you know that there was a killer milkman that was, like, staring at you? And even if you didn't, even if you thought that guy was still out there, why are you acting like he's not the problem and something internal to you and Archie is? That was fine. It was strange. It's very strange. And then Clay's like, well, I thought there was something between you and Reggie. But before that gets anywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica's like, well, boys, since we're talking about other boys. I uh, want to know about that dick. Yeah, you're in the locker room. Do you see any cocks? <laughs> How who's many? The, who's got the biggest one? I want to hear about your sword fights. And she's like, come on. It's not like you never cast an eyeball at those balls. So after a lot of conjoling, we find out that both uh, Archie and Reggie, quote, have a lot to be proud of. And but but, but they're not the it's not the most. And the like, knockdown oh drag out champion is of course Dilton Doily. Hung like a horse, that boy. <laughs> he's got he's got that quiet confidence. Yeah. He's got big Dilton energy. It's the, it's the quiet ones. There is a webtoon called Big Ethel Energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's about like Ethel five or ten years after graduation and she's like late bloomered and very successful. Yeah. Yeah. So is there going to be like a Dilton Doily one now? Maybe. Maybe. Boy. So get another commercial break and it is the next day. You know it's the next day because our four party animals have a... a Are in the bleachers of the pep rally, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. hungover as fuck, all wearing sunglasses. They look like a jazz quartet. (laughs) (laughs) So the pep rally is is pepping it up, right? All the the bulldogs have been called out and pom-pommed over. And the last to be introduced by Cheryl is... Uh, interim team captain Archie Andrews and he comes on everyone cheers and she pins a boutonniere on him and he he notices the way she is and he's like hey you okay she's like I'm doing as I'm told and not okay and what Archie should have but did not expect is uh, uh, being introduced to do a speech so he has to speak extemporaneously, and we immediately cut away before he says a word to him moping about how shitty it went in the hallway. And Miss Thornton comes by, and she's like, you you had nice things to say. And he's like, it was uh, fucking awful. E- she's like, well, it's hard to speak when you're not planning for it, but you're really good at writing words. Mm-hmm. She believes in him. She wants to take him under her wing. And she's like, hey, you, if you... Just put as much energy into this as you do basketball. You could really surprise yourself with with uh, uh, where you, it could take you, where you could take yourself. I'm kind of like, if Archie put more energy into it, because he doesn't put that much into basketball. It's not really his thing. <laughs> Most of his energy that he puts into the basketball team is making the basketball team less racist. Yes. It's not in the actual play of the game. It's... it's- Tackling racism. It's very valuable work. It is. Yeah. It is. But, yeah. like, it it's it doesn't count as a rebound. You know, it, it's not an assist. Doesn't officially get you points. You get... <laughs> uh, so over at Pep Comics, Ethel and Jughead are back there talking to what's his name? Uh, Mr. Fieldstone. Mr. Fieldstone. And he's like, holy hell, Freckles! 
He is so impressed that he might learn her name one day. And he's like, man, Today I'm is just, not that day. you've escaped those nuns, you took out a killer, I'm just, wow, <laughs> wowzy. And so he's, he, he's feeling especially, uh, he's got a pep in his step and is willing to accept any pitch they give him, except for the one they give him. Which is where they want to do a sequel to The Milkman Cometh, and he's like, anything but that, he is dead. Yeah, yeah, in more ways than one, uh, we are never doing another Milkman story again, because... You remember when Dr. Werther's wrote a, a scathing editorial? Well, that got picked up by the Associated Press. It's gone national. Uh, and the Milkman story is is dead and buried. It is in the past. They, they cannot risk that kind of heat. So he's like, give me something about zombies. Give me something about goblins. Whatever. Not a milkman. Consider me lactose intolerant. How? scared how spooked does this guy have to be to not want to just strike while the iron's hot for exploitation right? come on come right. on right everything about him screams ripped from the headlines but they are you know back to work it's they could they can figure out a story she can draw they they can do this mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. uh over at mary andrew's dress shop remember she has a dress shop this is the first time we've seen the dress the shop. first time we've seen it uh, Betty and Veronica are there shopping, mm-hmm. and they pick out a couple dresses, and they're like, hey, these can be boxed up and set to the Pembroke, and she's like... Which they are still using illicitly. Like, okay, they're sneaking in and, yeah. like, popping the lock from the back staircase, but, like... We can get mail and deliveries there. It's fine. If they box up the dresses and they send them over to the Pembroke, they're not going to go up the back staircase. They're going to go to Smithers. Well, you don't want it to go up the back staircase, because that's where Smithers lives. Because they said uh-huh. we can make as much noise as we want in here, just not in the back staircase, because that's where Smithers will hear us. Okay. okay. But still, it's still dumb. But it's my still point dumb. still stands. I, I know. I know. I'm just saying. Right. That, that if a courier comes over and says, this is for Miss Veronica, Ms. Smithers is the one answering that, that buzz on the, the bell. Yes. He's going to figure it out. Yes, this is true. And so Mary, though, is like... Wait, Betty, is that where you want yours to go too? And she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it is. The end. I don't know why this is suspicious, though. That's not where she lives. It's not where she lives, but it might be where she's keeping pretty dresses that she wants to be a surprise for any of a thousand reasons. She's a precocious girl. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, so, uh, at school, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Stonewall has stolen the Bulldog's mascot, Peppy. Peppy! Peppy the bronze bulldog statue! They have him. They have Peppy. Peppy is now in a car. Peppy's gonna give it, be driven away. All the Stonewall basketball boys are, are taunting the bulldogs, uh, in particular Reggie, for being a flake and a sellout and a quitter because they did so much racist bullying he didn't want to play basketball with them anymore. Yes. That's, that's the mark of a of a weakling and a fool. Archie's like, I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich. And they're all like, mm, we should have a wager, but we don't wager with food stamps. Yeah, you couldn't people. afford a knuckle sandwich. You couldn't afford this. <laughs> Meh. So they drive off and take the bulldog while the, the, play, the bulldog players are just like, meh. They don't really chase. No one tries to like dive in and grab it. Fangs doesn't whip out his knife or anything. I was kind of expecting that. I'm like, come on, where's the knife? (laughs) Where's the the serpent boys coming in being like, no, 
Well, why would the serpents care about this? This this is not Lizzo's uh, uh, problem. Because Fangs is being is a part of the team. It's true, and he is a serpent, mm-hmm. and he is being disrespected, and they protect their own. Well, they're following Lizzo now. Fuck Lizzo! <laughs> like, what the fuck is Lizzo? <laughs> She's an expert flautist. Not that Lizzo. <laughs> well, they both are. They both. Oh, are. okay. <laughs> Uh, so after the next commercial, it's still basketball time. Yes, because Reggie is like, I know these assholes. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all about them so we can make a plan of action. He provides a detailed scouting report uh, on their starting five on a blackboard in Archie's living room. <laughs> yes. So first he talks about uh, uh, Brett Weston Wallace. He merely calls him Weston Wallace, but you can see the name written on the board. His first name is still Brett. And... <laughs> It is uh, uh, Fangs' job to just harass him and ruin his, his rhythm. Yeah. And Fangs is all over uh, uh, the idea of making a rich boy have a very bad day. Yes. <laughs> and then he goes down the rest of the list. He, uh, Archie gets his own coverage assignment, and he's not listening because I guess he's thinking of trochaic feet or something. I don't know what he's I, lost and thought about. No, I think he is thinking in this moment about how he's captain, but Reggie's doing the job. For the first time. Yeah. But he's doing it really well. Yeah. Yes. I think that's what's happening in this moment for Archie. And, His inner monologue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is a uh, uh, Easter egg here in this scene that is pretty easily missable, unless you're a weirdo freak. Google shit. Uh, well, I recognize some of these names and oh, I had okay. to check my work. So the remaining four names are Carl Tank Swift. I think this is probably a reference to this episode's writer, Gigi Swift. Probably. The reason I think that is because the next name down is Will Ewing, who's written five and counting episodes of Riverdale. Ah. And the name below that is Edward Sullivan. Ted Sullivan has written six episodes of Riverdale. Ah. The fifth name on the board is Aaron Allen. Aaron Allen is the name of a, a writer who wrote 11 episodes of Riverdale. Ah, there's like a trend here. That makes sense. So I'm pretty sure the Swift being referenced by Carl Tank Swift is Gigi Swift. Probably. Probably. Maybe a family member who goes by that name. I don't know. But I betcha, betcha. Maybe she's Gigi Tank Swift. Maybe. So after the meeting disbands, uh, it is time for, for bro time as they wash dishes in the sink together. Yes. <laughs> and so Reggie's like, dude, what's up? And Archie's like, I shouldn't be captain. You should be captain. It's mm-hmm. not my dream. And Reggie's like, I don't have a dream. I have plans. My mm-hmm. plan is to win all the games and go pro. That's it. It's a That's two-part plan. plan. Yeah. Very simple, straightforward. Archie's like, man, I don't even have a plan. I play basketball because it makes me feel close to my dad. Every time he jumps, he's a little closer to heaven. Whoosh. And he's like, you know, it's not my passion. This is your passion. I think I just wrote the last line to a chicken soup for the soul story. (laughs) I think I did. Probably. Might already be in there. And uh, so Reggie's like, what's your passion? And Archie's like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Goes back to washing dishes. Let's be angsty. My passion is the forks. Forks. I love forks. (laughs) Really, I love sporks, but those are very hard to come by. I love forks. I love the Indian reservation near forks. (laughs) I love when they go to Italy to meet the Volturi. 
I love all the geography. I love giggles. <laughs> Got such a good little laugh. I do not love that CGI baby. <laughs> Have you seen it? It's I fucked lo- up. I love the CGI baby. I love the CGI baby even more than I love the even more fucked up practical baby they replaced it with. <laughs> Soon. We can watch always all of it. watch. It's do you want to start so from long. the beginning, or do you want to just cut to Breaking Dawn parts one and two? I kind of want to watch the ones we own on physical media. I want to watch all of it because I want all of the Charlie. I've still never seen the middle one, so you know we have to we've do, got it. To do it. We've we have got to do, do it. it. Which is the introduction of the Volturi. That's the one I haven't seen. Yeah, so you have to experience I have to, it. I have to see Giggles, Lumpy, and Sailor Boy yeah. in their first appearance. Yeah, we're gonna do that. It'll be a great time. We're gonna do that. Um, <laughs> the movies to watch list we have now is The Green Man, or, or The Green Knight, uh-huh. Asteroid City, uh-huh. the five Twilight. Twilight movies. We also have those extended versions of Lord of the Rings over there that we, we, do, we, we got, do. we haven't watched. I mean, we've watched also, them previously. I also have Summer Magic that you haven't seen that I bought. I've never seen Summer Magic. You gotta get some Haley Mills that's, in your life. That's right. There, There's a whole list of things. <laughs> And the Barbie movie's coming soon. Barbie movie's coming. We haven't seen the new Spider-Verse. I really want to see that. There's that, too. There's so much. We've got a holiday weekend. We can watch two theatrical movies. Uh, so, meanwhile, over at uh, Jughead's uh, train car, mm-hmm. uh, Ethel is drawing away, and Jughead takes a peek, and she is drawing the milkman. Despite instructions, she can't draw anything but the milkman. She's driven to draw the milkman. She has a truth to tell. She does. She does. Because what she says is she's like, I'm tired of people telling me what I experienced, making me question my sanity. They were all trying to say, like, I did it, or that it was these crazy things, but I was right all along, was the milkman, and I need to tell my story, or at least, like, a version of it. A really exploitative, gory, horror comic version of it. And that is fine. So, But Jughead's like, okay, but we gotta make some changes, because uh, we, we gotta figure out a way to sell this. It can't be the milkman. We, we have... Uh, to find a way to eat our cake and eat it without a glass of milk. Have our cake. Have our cake. Don't you want to eat your cake? Well, the phrase is, have your cake and eat it too. It should be eat your cake. <laughs> Everyone should just eat the cake. Eat the cake. After you eat the cake, you do not have the cake, is the the point. Yeah. So eat the cake. So just eat the cake. Just eat the cake. Why? You solve the problem by just eating the cake. This shouldn't have to be such a long saying. Just get to the point. I've, eat the cake. I've cut the Gordian knot. I've eaten the Gordian cake. Because, like, if I've eaten the cake, it meant I ha- had the cake. I don't need to say I have it and eat it. You I just, ate it. You just wave around your, your frosting-y fork. Yeah. And then everyone knows you had cake. You're just like, mmm, this is so good. Wish I had more cake. That's the real solution. You get seconds. You yeah. you eat the cake and then have it too. And then have it and eat it again. Ta-da! I've made the world better. So at the Pembroke, it's ladies' night. Yes. So uh, Veronica is painting Betty's nails. Girl time. And, and it's time to open up. They're chatting. They're talking about their parents. Time to talk about how awful your mother is. That how, is definitely what you do during girl time. How both your moms used to tuck you in at night and then they stopped. Because of nature's mother nature yeah the gift from mother nature once when she got visited by aunt flo she, she's a grown woman she doesn't get tucked in anymore doesn't need to be coddled <laughs> like what the fuck alice <laughs> alice sucks mm-hmm. uh-huh 
Betty also talks about how she feels very different from her family. Like, mm-hmm, if she didn't mm-hmm. know better, she would she would think she's adopted. We get our first mention of Polly. She turned 18 and hit the road and never looked back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Veronica's like, well, I always feel like I was unplanned, a mistake, and they've, you know, been mad at me about it since. You ever resent your kid for existing? And, uh, but then they talk about how, like, Clay and Kevin are the cutest couple ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Veronica's like, yeah, they are. Kind of makes me jealous. They also pinky swear to never be their parents. Oh, yes, they do. They do. do. Yeah. Um, and Betty's like, or, or no, so Veronica's like, oh, it must be, like, easy or for, like, two guys. Like, none of that, like you know, battle of the sexes in a relationship. And Betty's like, you know, when I read my sex book, 81% of girls experiment with other girls. Both of them are being way, way more smooth and subtle than, hey, I want to watch you wear lingerie and walk around my bedroom. (laughs) But the fact that that worked means you don't have to be this subtle. Veronica's like, well, you know, I've kissed a girl and Betty wants to know more about it. And Veronica's like, well, what about you? Have you kissed a girl? And Betty's like, no, but I've thought about it. Like, who have you thought about it with? And like, you, I've thought about it with you. (laughs) And they're like, oh, do you want to like, do you want to like kiss? Do you want to make out? They're so smiley. They're so happy about girl kissing, which they almost do. Because Smithers lets in Mary Andrews. (laughs) She had a mother's intuition that they were squatting. Though Veronica lives here. Not anymore. She doesn't, except she technically does, but she's not allowed to. How would Mary know that? Well, Smithers told her on the way up. This is why, this is why Betty's ready to pop at all times. People keep walking in on her or being a weird murderer in the bushes outside the window. (laughs) It's fucked up. She can't get any. Mary is like, you're going home with me and you're telling me everything. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, we take a little skadoodle over to the hospital where Mm -hmm. Cheryl is at Julian's bedside. It's a well-worn scene. It's basically a trope at this point, like, oh, listing all the things she hates about her brother, all the things that really get under her skin, but but as a way of saying how much she values him, and those are the things she's going to miss. Come back to me. Come back to me. I truly love you. You're the only person who understands how fucked up our life is. And then he (laughs) magically comes out of his coma. You know what this is? Hmm. The powers of the phoenix. The powers of the phoenix. She, she was, resurrected she him. She was crying all over him. Her tears bring life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know doctors always say to insult people out of a coma. It, it works every time. You have a horsey laugh. Wake up. <laughs> Your dick's not as big as Dilton's. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Everyone's saying it. Anyway, Dilton, you free? <laughs> Dilton, you up? So, uh, there was a scene in the pep rally. The pep rally started with Betty and Veronica looking down at Dilton as he's chatting with, like, anonymous nerd girl with braces. Yeah. And, like, they they giggle, but it's like a knowing, damn good for you giggle, but he doesn't know that. He doesn't he know He just it. knows the, like, pretty popular girls are laughing at him at a pep rally. This sucks. I mean, he seems okay with it. Poor Dilton. This but sucks. It's okay. One day he'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that that's gonna come up in conversation. I think it should. <laughs> I want that scene. Clay is gonna pull him over like, hey, hey, Dilton, if you've noticed the girls looking at you a little differently, I told them you've got a third leg. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't. I only have two legs. What? <laughs> As he adjusts his pants down to the knee. Uh... <laughs> so over at the Andrews household, uh, Mary is being filled in on mm-hmm. Alice told you what? <laughs> Your parents did what? By telegram? I'm going to fix everything. Don't you worry. <laughs> Yeah, I I really wish at this point that her solution was to collect all of the the Dragon Balls. Every single teen will live in her house. Come live with me, children. I now run an orphanage. Noah's Ark of Riverdale teens. Chuckhead's living in a what? I don't care if it was remodeled by Veronica Lodge. You live in my house now. Everyone lives with me. All of you. I mean, that's what the other Mary would have done. Yes. Future Mary would have just taken all the children in. But uh, 50s Mary has a different plan that is also fun. Yes. Uh, so over at um, Thornhill, mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl hears her dad talking to Principal Featherhead. And uh, we overhear that, uh, you know, he's like, well, aren't we worried that the mantles will take action? Nah, they couldn't find a lawyer. And if they could, like, they couldn't afford it. And what is going to happen, mm-hmm. whatever this is, perhaps murder, perhaps just pushed them out of the way. <laughs> they are bringing in a new ringer from Boston, K.O. Kelly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming to take Reggie's place on the team. That good know. American boy. Yeah. Much yeah. more like us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Laying it on pretty thick, but making it clear in case you missed the other Reggie racism episodes. In, in case you didn't catch on to... Blossom is racist. Like, yeah, what? Yeah. But what you could do, what you could do, mm-hmm. is you could put them both on the team. And then you could you have could, a really good team. You could put them both. You could put them both on the team. <laughs> you could have a team that's twice as good if you, you put them both on the team. So Cheryl overhears this and rushes off. Which means... Mayor Blossom might not know his son is alive and conscious again. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what she was going to tell him. Yeah, I think so. Like, <laughs> Daddy, Julian woke up. He don't care. He's replacing his son. Uh, He'll find out in a couple of hours, I'm sure, in, in practical terms. But it's very funny to believe he goes the rest of the episode not knowing. No idea. Because we don't see Julian again. Like, he doesn't come to the game and sit in the stands, does he? No. Well, no. Because he's been in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> strength back uh so so after the commercial break uh uh we open on mary giving alice the business who the fuck disowns a child you're supposed (laughs) to nurture your child you enroll as a mother she said and i thought penelope was bad yes you better believe i gave hermione hell like this too you all are ridiculous and so it's it's in it's in Alice's living room, the, the Cooper living room, and she's sitting on the couch, and the camera is is basically scraping the ceiling. Yeah, this is a constructed set; they don't have a ceiling. Mary is just looming over her like she's in a, a pulpit, though they're on level ground. It's really good, really good use of angles. 
uh, just center frame down the barrel when Mary is talking. Like, even you, the viewer, are just, like, shrinking in your seat. But Alice doesn't shrink. She just lets it go off her shoulder. Like, oh, you just say whatever you want as long as it takes you to say it. Whatever. Um, so then we see Smithers giving Veronica back a key. Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. you know, Mary already talked to Hermione. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see Betty back in her bedroom. And Alice drops some clothes off. And Betty's like, oh, so I'm your daughter again? And she says, oh, of course. And, and pats her very patronizingly as if nothing changed. And so is Ethel. Yeah, she says, and so is Ethel. <laughs> So yeah, everything's gone back to normal, and Alice is being real shitty about it, which is back to normal. Yeah. 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 Uh, so at school, uh, Cheryl goes up to Archie, and she's like, Hey, I need to tell you the shit that my dad is doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then Archie goes to Reggie and is like, Hey, I Cheryl need to just tell told you the shit, the shit Cheryl's dad is doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they hatch a plan. The plan is uh, they're going to make sure that this gets out. They're going to make sure everybody knows that Reggie's indispensable to this team because he intends to finish what he started. And part of that is they're going to make Reggie the new captain. But before we do that, mm-hmm. we got to go to Jughead and Ethel, going to Mr. Fieldstone, showing off their comic. The Mailman Cometh. <laughs> it is not a milkman. It's, it's a mailman. Very decidedly a mailman, quote, in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> and Mr. Fieldstone thinks it's brilliant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do have to point out that in this story that is bound to run up to something like the code, the comics code being inf- uh, created, this would be flagrant disregard for the comics code. Yeah. I believe that, especially in the the first and second decade of the code, even a mailman would be considered enough of like a position of authority that you could not get approval with oh. with one being a villain or yeah. in any way not an upstanding member of society. Yeah, like say a serial killer. That that's off the table. Off the table. So Mr. Fieldson's like, you know, Werther's and the power to be are are still not going to be happy about this. There's a storm coming, and it's coming for us. And Jughead's like, yeah, but are we going to bury our heads and, and, and pray it passes over? Or are we going to run headfirst into it and thumb our noses at it? And, of course, Pep Comics is all about thumbing their noses at authority. And as Mr. Fieldstone says this, I have to think back to the points I made in the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. About how, no, they fucking aren't. EC comics, which you're very directly parody, are very directly pastiching, were, and it's why they went, went out of business uh, because of the effects of the code. Yes. But Pep Comics, as a name taken from Archie Comics, were all about going along and keeping their head down and waiting for the code to clear out market share for them to gobble up. Yeah. The the reversal that I talked about was this two months ago now yeah. or more is is coming right back and slapping me in the face again. Yeah. Ethel's all like, you know, I vote we thicken this milkshake. Do this comic. Sure. And Let's so do all the metaphors we, all at once. Scream at Bernie to to get the printers ready. We're gonna publish and You, you know, haven't lettered the book yet. You haven't colored the pages yet. Yeah, nothing it's just a drawing? You you are you printing something else in the meantime? I hope you're printing a lot of comic books. It's your business. 
Um, so the bulldogs mm-hmm. go to Clifford. Every last one of them in Thornhill itself. And they're well, like, minus one. He's still in in bed. Well, they don't need him. <laughs> and they're like, in so many ways. They're like, hey, we're not letting you replace Reggie with anyone else. And Archie's like, I am turning over captain to him. And he's like, you can't do that. Every, you don't have the authority. Everyone knows that a town's mayor picks all their high school team captains, obviously. And Archie's like, well, fine. Then if I don't get to do that, I'm going to walk. And then someone else is like, well, if he walks, I'm going to walk too. And if he walks, I'm going to walk. And if they walk, I'm walking too. We're all walking. This whole show of solidarity, the, the team uh, threatens a, a 100% walk out and and Clifford Blossom is just sit there to to think with this ultimatum. So uh Betty is in her room, lying mm-hmm. in bed, unable to sleep, looking at her phone, and she goes to pick it up to make a call, but it rings. And who's on the other line? But Veronica, who she was gonna call. You know, midnight phone call besties. Yeah. I I love when I call my platonic best friend and they pick up the phone and I'm so very glad it wasn't their mother. I mean, in high school, yeah. <laughs> and also, if that mother is Alice Cooper. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, in the time before cell phones. <laughs> like, let's be honest. That's what it was like. A lot of my friends had cool moms. Or at least cool enough to be like, oh yeah, I'll get them. And, and not make a bigger thing of it than that. They, they missed each other. They and they did. both just wanted to talk with each other. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then confess their mutual love to one another. <laughs> like you do with your best friends. And uh, then plan to coordinate outfits to wear at the basketball game. You know, I'm just glad they're happy. Like, <laughs> like, and, and again, we are in the, like, plausible deniability. I love my friends. I've told my good friend Josh that I love him a number of times. That's so nice. Yes. I don't know if I've told my best friends that I love them. I hope they just know. (laughs) But they are like using that dual meaning. Yeah. They're, they're, they're riding that line. Yeah. Yeah. Because who knows if Alice has picked up the other receiver downstairs. Uh (laughs) I think my, one of my best friends knows. Cause like we went, we went to Disney together. You have to like be at a point in your friendship for that. So uh, it is in the locker room before yes, the game. Yes, and this entire segment, nearly the entire rest of the episode, is shot exactly like an uplifting, heartwarming sports movie. Yes, because this is just like handheld camera in the locker room. Like it's time for the speech. For the big inspirational speech. And who gives the big inspirational speech? Reggie. Reggie does. Because he 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 thanks everyone for supporting him in a way he's never been supported before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and his parents made the trip all the way from Duck Creek for the game. There is now zero people within the town limits of Duck Creek. And they're like, let's win this game for Reggie's parents. And Peppy. And for Peppy. <laughs> and for Peppy. <laughs> As they ride As into they, battle. Everyone runs out and they slap the, the bulldog bee on the on the painted, on the door jam. And right before Reggie and Archie head out, Archie gives Reggie the, the, the like, don't give them a second to break. Yeah. We got this. 
and they go out, and then and it's, it's slow motion. Slow motion, Reggie facing off with Brett Weston Wallace with for the opening. Fancy ass lighting. And each one is enveloped by a, a backlight that isolates them on one shot, then the reverse with the other. And then and as the game starts, we go to a montage of everyone in town listening to the radio. As the, the radio announces the results of the game over the slow motion opening tip, and we see the Babylonium is closed for the night and the streets are empty because all of Riverdale is there at the game. And and we hear that the uh, mantle the magnificent mm-hmm. brought the Bulldogs to a win and Peppy's back. And the school records were set in this blowout and it's all uh, uh, in honor of, of their fallen Captain Julian who's just woken up and like laying on the schmaltz everything every sports movie you've ever seen is having its techniques quoted i can't even go through them all it would be another hour yes uh and so then we go to the boys in their bedroom talking and archie's like wow mvp and record breaker your parents are so proud reggie i I will make an exception for like the slow low uh uh like steady cam shot into the mess of the locker room that, like, comes up over the bench and sees, like, all the shoes laying everywhere and the the remains of the celebration. That shot's good. Okay, okay. So now jumping back into the bedroom. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Archie's like, hey, I want to give you something. And he he pulls out his dad's Captain Patch. And Mm -hmm. and Reggie's like, no, no, I I can't. I can't take that. And he's like, no, like... I want you to. And he's like, I'm honored, and I'm going to wear it all season, and then I'm going to give it back to you, because this <laughs> is your dad's, and you need this. <laughs> Which is very thoughtful. Yes. Uh, and he's then like, so uh, are you going to stick around, Archie, stay on the team? And he's like, I guess. I mean, someone's got to watch your back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like, Reggie's like, but Archie, like, what about writing poems? That's what you like to do, isn't it? And he's like, I'm not sure the world's ready for Archie Andrews the beatnik. Mm-hmm. I would love to see it, though. Uh, just the costuming alone. Right? And then they wrestle. And then they wrestle. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you're a teenage boy, is you wrestle. And with a closing narration over the boys wrestling in their room, Jughead goes back to what Mr. Fieldstone said about the storm and how, quote, like the wrath of God, it was coming and all of us would be smashed to pieces by it. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. That is the end. That's and darling, what did you think of chapter 129, After the Fall? I enjoyed it. It yeah. was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I mean, there's just parts of it I really liked, like the stuff with the basketball, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like the game. They went so hard on that game. They went so hard. Um, And there were some good, like, friend moments throughout this whole thing. It's like the the basketball game itself is like watching Rudy in 90 seconds. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So much. Betty Veronica thing is very strange in in the sense of like I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. I I agree. They're not gonna I commit don't... to it, and I feel like I'm gonna get very annoyed because it's not gonna be like sincere. I can see that happening, but it is even at the same time 
and this might be what makes it most annoying of all, it's the relationship that is, for this season at least, the one with the most, like, actual road being laid for it, the most development, the most build-up. Because, like, we've been kind of joking about this is where they're headed for a long time. Yeah. And, like, they're they're calling everybody's bluff so far. Yes. And it's starting with a really real connection, an interpersonal connection, which is something we, we really praise them with the uh, very short-lived Veronica Jughead thing. Yeah. But they're keeping at it, and they're going, and every week or two weeks at most, they're hitting another, like, plateau, a, a new, like waypoint landmark on the road to like they're a serious item yeah they're already talking they were this close to making out yeah i just know that it's gonna like cop out within an episode or two mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like never be mentioned again nothing's gonna be mentioned again soon the clock that clock, clock is, is ticking, ticking. We're, <laughs> we're getting up to a uh, uh, the point of no return this is true this is true what if what if that's the big swerve though? What what if they surprise us and the true end end game is, is Betty, Betty Veronica? What Betty if Betty Veronica are together? What if Honestly, I would love that and I would <laughs> praise them for it. I don't think that's what's gonna happen, but I would love it. Mm-hmm. Let's have everyone in Riverdale be gay. Yeah. Let's do it. Everyone's be- bisexual. Everyone. Everyone is either bi or gay. Yes, yes. Everyone is part of the community. <laughs> Let's go. Everyone's kissing everyone. There have been no known, like no out trans characters in Riverdale. This is true. I'm not. I'm not forgetting anything. I would remember that. I don't think there have been. No. No. Unless there's like a novelization somewhere. It's like, oh, by the way, Peaches and Cream. Remember her? Like, I, I, I doubt it though. Yeah, but within the TV show, I don't believe yeah. so. But they hey, could. They existed in 1955. Like, you could do a, a story here. You know, you there got, is still half a season we're left. We're talking about time running out, but it ain't, it ain't run out yet, you know? It's true. Um, They did stop filming, though. They, like, filming is wrapped. Right. In Vancouver, time has run out. Yes. Yeah. So we are just waiting to find out what has been laid out for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My take, this is not a this episode take. This is a whole season seven take that I've finally come down on is that Riverdale mm-hmm. is now, in its farewell season, what people expected it to be in 2016. Uh, yeah. This this is our modern update. It's a little bit cheeky. It's a little bit weird. But it's mostly, like, we've been talking about how more comic accurate than most years a lot of moments have been. Mm-hmm. It's, instead of the entire last 60 years being the setting all at once. Yeah. It is now a time, like a mid-century moment that like the the gestalt Archie comics is is placed in. If you showed this to someone before chapter one came out and told them, oh, this is what Riverdale's gonna be, they'd be like, oh yeah, that's not quite what I expected, but I totally get it 100%. Yeah, yeah. You could not say that with a season three episode. No. 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 And I kind of wonder if that's the plan. Do do the expected for once. Maybe. And maybe you should be careful what you wish for, because I think, I mean, I'm having fun. I think this is a pretty all right show. There's a lot of about season seven I like. There's a lot about season seven that frustrates me. Yes. 
But season seven is not a plan for a show that could run seven years. No. No, it's not. No, it is not. No. This is nice for now. This could not have been. I think part of what's nice about it is that we don't have to ask, well, where is it going? It's going to cancellation. It's going, it's going to, to, like... It's going to end. It's going It's going to the end fiend. Yeah. That's where it's going. Yeah. It's going to end. <laughs> seven years of our life will be over. What? <laughs> now, KJ... It's okay. We have thoughts for the future. Yeah. We, we have more plans than I think KJ Appa does, unless he keeps doing more Christian movies. He does do a lot of Christian movies. Why? <laughs> Why does he do that? They must have really short shooting schedules, is what it's got to be. I mean, yeah, they do. They don't have much production. There like... you go. I think that's why it's a perfect fit for TV actors to do. Yeah. Uh, so, darling, do you have any predictions? I didn't make any in advance. But... <sighs> Clifford's going to try to have Reggie murdered by a milkman. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Or maybe a mailman. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then they'll be like, oh my god, this is what happens with comics! But he's also we, like, can, we can squeeze K.O. Like, Kelly in. Try uh, to like yeah. paper cut someone's throat. <laughs> I would I would just go with a letter opener. Mailmen don't have letter openers. Or They're not allowed to open other people's mail. You throw them headfirst into a sorting machine. That's how you get them. I prefer the idea of like mailman ninja and like the, the mail is like the, the ninja stars. You get postage stamps and you seal their airways with oh, postage stamps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you just whack them with your mailbag. <laughs> Drive over them with the mail truck. That's what I predict. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't follow that. So let's talk about what we know is going to happen. What if I'm right? Our next episode, <laughs> chapter 130, is named The Crucible. So that means... Two Arthur Miller play titles in a row. Mm. I'm not going to talk about what The Crucible is because y'all should fucking know. You should fucking know. You should know. Did you go to high school? You should know about The Crucible. No, I didn't. But you still know about The Crucible. Yes, of course I know about The Crucible. More weight. Everybody loves that guy. I want to be that guy. I want to be crushed to death. I didn't go to high school, so I'm just saying. Do you have a high school diploma? Or equivalent? Technically, yes. All right, you're fine. <laughs> Anyhow, that trailer, though. Yeah, that trailer. Clifford to Cheryl is all like, allegations have been made about you and your deviant sexual behavior. And people are talking about paranoia and talking about secrecy. And Cheryl's kissing Kevin. Cheryl's kissing Kevin. People are passing illicit comic books around. Veronica's kissing Archie. Uh, someone's asking if Archie's being indoctrinated. Or that's the principal. The principal asks Archie if he's being indoctrinated, and he makes a face like he's never heard that word before in his life. Can I have a dictionary? <laughs> uh, Jughead's wearing sunglasses. Maybe he's hungover too. Maybe everyone just likes sunglasses now. Maybe he's checking out Dilton's dick. You don't know. You don't know. It's a trailer. You don't know. Dilton and Jughead. Sitting in a tree. As I said, everyone. S-U-C-K-I-N-G. I had to spell that back in my head to know what you spelled. <laughs> and I don't know what it is. We just talked about your high school diploma. I have one. <laughs> I do. First comes tongue, then... Okay. <laughs> is that like a real version of it? Love you. That like... 
people sing in high Love school? You. Is it? Is this a thing I missed? Is like the the PG thirteen version? <laughs> or are you just like making it up right oh, now? Oh, if you knew the rest of the words, it would not be PG thirteen. Okay, is it the R rated version? The NC seventeen version? <laughs> The unrated, it's we the, can't show this version. It's the NCIS version. It's really <laughs> big on CBS. There's a lot of spinoffs. There's a lot of blood. There, there's a, a goth chick that shows up halfway through. People love it. So that's what we know. <laughs> that's what we that's know. That's what we know. That's it. What if there was a goth chick that showed up halfway through chapter 130 of there The There should be. We like never really got a goth chick in like, the show. They tried to be like, Jughead's like this angsty goth kid. No, he's not. I feel like season two Midge would have like said she's goth in Uh, that like sense of a small town where no one actually is. Yeah. And then people would like laugh behind her back. It's like, no, you fucking aren't. Yeah. 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 At this point in your life, because you have seen Donnie Darko now. Sure. Uh, do you think season one Reggie calling <laughs> Chuckhead Donnie Darko makes sense? It makes sense from Reggie's point of view. Yeah. I wouldn't have called him Donnie Darko. Yeah. But, like, that's definitely a, a reference that season one Reggie in particular would have pulled for Jughead, yes. Yeah. Which I believed at the time, so I guess my perspective has not changed. Okay, okay. <laughs> Just figured I'd ask if it made any <laughs> difference in your, your thoughts on... That. Oh, I'm always thinking about yeah. Donnie Darko. single lines from the first season. Of I am all the time, actually. It happens. It like is just in me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This show's good. <laughs> Something that you, listener, don't need to worry about, but that exists is uh, uh, a lot of people don't listen to this show. You know, there's 7 billion people in the world. Yeah. Most people don't do any given thing you can think of. Yeah. But... There are people who don't understand that this show comes from a place of love and appreciation. Yes, they always think that we're joking. Good faith engagement. Yes, people obviously. I don't hundred percent love everything. This this is not uncritical. Yeah, but it's not a show that's out to just make fun. But I don't. I don't lie. I never hate watch anything in my life. I certainly don't make stuff about things I don't like as a rule. This show still has the Hedwig episode, but I like the show. <laughs> yes. I don't exaggerate my my how much I enjoy it. I feel like I'm very, very honest mm-hmm. when I talk about my perspectives and opinions on this televisual program. Yeah. Yeah, whenever we tell people about this show, they always think that it's a hate watch show. No, Non-listeners don't understand this show. No. Which is why I want you to go and talk about it to non-listeners so they can fucking get what we're doing here. Have them come join. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's seven years of shit for them to listen to. <laughs> it's a great time to join the party. And uh, uh, once you've told someone, uh, you can tell the whole wide world in the form of a review on Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or at least your region, because like, if you're a U.S. person, it'll show up for other U.S. people. You know how it works. I you actually know. don't know how it works. That's, so that's how it works. very interesting to know. Yeah. Yeah. You can also follow us on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. And you know what you can do? You can tell the world on Twitter about us, too, by, like, tagging us and shit. Or your other social medias of choice. We just won't have an account there for you to yeah, share with you them. Yeah, you can 
I mean, you can share wherever. You can, you want to do a co-host? Should I make a co-host for this? Should we have one? I would have to... Is there an app? I guess I'd have to download the app. I don't know if they've made an app yet. Oh. I like co-host. I use it personally, and I run the one for Six Feet Under that I made. I mean, you can make one. I'll never be on it if I have to, like, be on a computer for it. Okay. But you can make it. I don't know. I've just been sticking with Twitter because I feel like there's a bigger Riverdale audience on that site. Yeah. But there's about to not be a Riverdale audience anywhere, so hey! This co-host will all find my, like, Sequest audience. I am the Sequest audience on co-host. It's a very new site. Yeah. You can join me on the ground floor of building. So maybe I should join it and be the other one. That is where I made my huge uh, Sequest viewing guide. That sorted every episode of every season into a category. And gave, like, a single paragraph description of what's going on in that particular episode. I've lived for this in my life. I just wanted to know someone else who loved it as much as me. The important thing, the important thing about our lives together since, I don't know, the last six months is that we share knowledge regarding Sequest. We do. That's what we do. We do. And I love it. (laughs) So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. And for Peppy.